Hi guys, welcome back. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. What are we going to talk about today? Well, what do you think we're going to talk about today? Elon Musk reinstates Donald Trump on Twitter. This is so much fun. Donald Trump claims he's not going to go back to Twitter. He says he's going to stick to Truth Social. And I have a couple predictions to make about whether that's going to be the case. Because, spoiler alert, I think Trump's not going to be able to resist getting back on Twitter. And I don't think he should resist. I think that he owes it to the world to get back on Twitter. We're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk about why it is so important that Elon Musk get it right when it comes to freedom of speech. Elon tweeted this weekend and said what the new policy on Twitter is. He called it freedom of speech but not freedom of reach. And that's closer to what's right than than Twitter under Jack Dorsey or under um, the other CEO, but it's not quite right. And it's very important that Elon get this right. So we're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna talk about Trump's old tweets. I don't know about you, but I went and scrolled through Trump's timeline, all the tweets, especially from January 6th of 2021, the day he was kicked off of Twitter. I scrolled through his tweets and I wanna talk about a few of them because What Trump's tweets tell us about January 6th is what Liz Cheney and the January 6th committee do not want us to see. We're also gonna talk about the freak out of the leftists now that Trump is back on Twitter. Although, as of right now, he has not tweeted anything. This has not stopped the left from completely melting down. And I wanna wanna read some of their, their best and craziest tweets. I also have a new thought that I wanna share with you about what this fight that we are fighting actually is. Because you know what I say, you have to fully understand, acknowledge the reality of the political enemy that we're facing in order to fight back well. So I have a new thought on that that I want to share with you. I also want to talk about what the left is going to do to Elon Musk now that he has reinstated Trump and how Elon Musk can fight back against this, against the left, and how he can win. So let's get to it. All right, guys, but first I wanna talk about Cozy Earth. Let me ask you a question. How did you sleep last night? If you answered this question, well, not so great, or eh, just okay, or please don't ask. Well, you are not alone. One out of every three Americans report being sleep deprived, and the sheets on your bed could be part of the problem. That's why I like Cozy Earth sheets. The wrong sheets can trap body heat, leaving you boiling one minute, freezing the next, but there is a solution. It's called Cozy Earth Sheets. They are the softest, most luxurious, and best temperature regulating sheets on the planet. It's like sleeping on a cloud, which actually makes sense because they're made from bamboo, which allows Cozy Earth Sheets to breathe so that you sleep at the perfect temperature all year round. I like them. I think you'll like them too. I have them on my bed at my house right now. And if you're not completely in love, you can just send it back for a full refund. I got you a good deal. You can now save 35% on Cozy Earth bamboo bedding. 35%. You just have to go to my URL. It's CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. You have to hurry. This offer ends soon. It's CozyEarth.com slash L-I-Z-3-5. CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. You'll be glad you did. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay. 
Actually, before we get to the Elon Musk and reinstating Trump on Twitter and what this means and what the fight actually is and how Elon Musk can win that fight, I want to talk to you for a second about Gonzaga. I was scheduled to speak to the students at Gonzaga this month. Um, it's a Catholic university in Washington state, for those of you who are unfamiliar with it. And at the last second, Gonzaga canceled my speaking appearance. I had been invited by the pro-life club on campus. It's called Zags for Life. They requested me. I speak through the Young America's Foundation. They'd requested me through YAF. YAF had set this up. We had a date. It was all scheduled. The students had asked me to come to their campus to speak from the Catholic perspective. Like I said, it's a Jesuit Catholic university to speak from the Catholic perspective about life, meaning about abortion, about transgenderism, about marriage, about euthanasia, all of these. They're really the hot button cultural topics, but the students had said, listen, on our Catholic campus, there's a lot of wokeness and we want you to come and speak to, um, to clear up some of the confusion that's been caused on campus about what Catholic doctrine actually teaches us about these different, these different topics. It was gonna be great. This is exactly the kind of conversation that I like to have. These kids were intellectually curious. Um, we were gonna invite some of the other, the other clubs, the other students who disagree with this perspective, especially since they're going to a Catholic university. But at the last second, the director of mission and ministry at the school, it's a, it's a man by the name of Luke Lavin, canceled the event. And what's particularly odd is that he wouldn't give a reason. He wouldn't meet with the students in person. So the this, uh, the student who is a board member of Gonzaga's pro-life group, he's the one who extended the invite to me. His name was Grant Habersetzer. And he was just sent an email by Luke Lavin saying that he wasn't comfortable providing the funding. So how, how these how these events usually work is the university provides funding to to recognized clubs and um, if you if the club requests funding and that's how my honorarium that's how the honorarium is given to me but uh, he was sent an email the student the student at Gonzaga was sent an email that just said that um, let me read it exactly actually so I don't get this wrong he said I'm not comfortable approving this request for funding didn't say anything else didn't say why and and by the way because this uh, club is a pro-life club. It's treated a little differently than some of the other groups. It falls under the mission and ministry um, organization, which is why the director of mission and ministry, it's almost like they don't recognize that being pro-life is a political position. They only recognize it as a religious position, which in and of itself is, it, it is a religious position, of course, but it's also a political position because it's also a scientific and ethical position. But they want to demean the club by forcing it to fall under the direction of mission and ministry. I have a few questions for Luke Lavin. I wish that he would sit down and talk to the students. He won't. I, I wish that he would respond to the Young America's Foundation. To my knowledge, he's had no communication with them. Um, but it's interesting because this Catholic university has in the past supported Planned Parenthood. They have distributed contraception to their students on this Catholic university, despite the fact that Catholic doctrine is opposed to contraception. They have promoted the LGBTQ agenda, even in their masses at their church services. And they hosted an event that caused even the diocese of the area to condemn this event on the campus. They hosted a paranormal investigator. A paranormal investigator is someone who communicates with spirits. It's the dark arts. It's the occult. It's satanic or demonic. And um, they hosted this individual on their Catholic campus. And so my question to the campus of Gonzaga is, those things are okay with you. Why are you not okay with what I'm coming to talk about or what I was requested to come to your campus and discuss? 
because the things I was going to discuss were actually in line with Catholic teaching versus the things that you've presented in the past have been opposed to Catholic teaching. Gonzaga also provides gender-inclusive housing. Gender-inclusive housing. Gender-inclusive, this is what they call it, of course. Gender-inclusive housing means a biological male who identifies as a woman is allowed to live in the women's dorms. They do the same with bathrooms. They allow biological men, if they identify as women, to go to the bathroom. And their mission statement at Gonzaga, they say the university values and embraces our rich community of people who represent a wide spectrum of faiths, ethnicities, cultures, identities, and backgrounds. So my question for the director of um, the director of mission and ministry, Luke Lavin, is: Do I not count? Does a pro-life, practicing Catholic woman coming to talk about issues important to the church, marriage, and gender, and life? Am I not included in your mission statement here? But really, e- even if you don't want to talk about Catholic doctrine, at least answer me this. Why are you uncomfortable approving funding for me to visit your cam- campus? As I said, I am a devout Catholic. That's, that's, I'm very open about that on my show. I'm very open about that in my public speaking. The students invited me to speak about Catholic doctrine surrounding life issues. Is that unwelcome on your campus? Yes or no? And if so, why? These are questions that the students are owed an answer to. And it also demonstrates, the fact that he's unwilling to answer demonstrates the strategy that so many on the left use on college campuses. He doesn't want to give a real answer. He wants to hide behind this camouflage of saying that it's about funding. He's not comfortable giving it to this club because it's associated with the Young America's Foundation. He's hiding behind this because he knows he's wrong. He knows that he shouldn't be denying funding to a Young America's Foundation speaker who was contracted by a pro-life club on a Catholic university to speak about life issues. And so he doesn't want to appear to have viewpoint bias or viewpoint discrimination going on on his campus, which is exactly what's happening. So he resorts to this. Mr. Lavin, I'd love to discuss this with you. I'd love to come and speak to your students. And if you're unwilling to talk to us, it appears as though you're a coward. It appears as though you are either a Catholic who is derelict in your duty as a Catholic to inform the youth on your campus of the truth of the gospel, or you're not Catholic and you're deliberately sabotaging the university's mission. I'd like to remind you what it says in the Gospel of Luke, your namesake, St. Luke. It says it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. If you're leading the students on your campus astray, does that verse not convict you? I'm open anytime for a conversation about speaking on your campus. All right, guys, on that note, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to talking about Elon Elon Musk reinstating Donald Trump. But first I want to talk to you about American Hartford Gold. Thank goodness for American Hartford Gold. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future because inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO of JP Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. That doesn't give you the chills. I don't know what will. If you want to protect your future, I suggest you do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door 
or inside your IRA or 401k, and they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the business with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order, so don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-781-7499. That's 866-781-7499, or text Liz to 65532. Again, the phone number is 866-781-7499, or text L-I-Z to 65532. So Elon Musk reinstates Donald Trump on Twitter. I want to talk about this, but I actually think we should back up just a little bit. A couple days before Elon actually reinstated Trump, this is when liberal heads started to explode. He posted the following picture. He said, just leaving Twitter HQ code review. And he posted a picture with the remaining employees. You'll remember that he locked Twitter. He didn't let people go to Twitter HQ because he was laying off a ton of people. I suspect he didn't want sabotage, which is why he said, while while people are being laid off, we're gonna close down Twitter HQ. These are the people that remained. And as you can see, as you can see, the vast majority of people in this picture are males of Asian descent, with the exception of that one girl who's who's poking her head through, um, poking her head up in the back, and I think is hilarious. But the left's reaction to this picture is very telling because the left's reaction to this picture is they say, oh my goodness, the reason that these people, these Asian men are still working at Twitter is because they can't quit. They can't lose their jobs, otherwise their H-1B visas are at risk. So the left is saying they're basically in slavery right now. They have no choice. They have to do this forced work or else they will be deported. And I read this and I thought, okay, because these people are brown people, the left assumes that they're not American. I'm pretty sure that's racism. I laughed my head off when I saw this narrative going around because left's racism is so apparent, it's so blatant, it's so obvious, and it's so discriminatory, and it's everywhere. The left accuses us of being racist, which we are not, clearly, but they are. They will use any person of color to further their own political agenda, even if it means demeaning the people in this picture, think, insinuating that they don't have the agency to quit or insinuating that because they have brown skin, they don't, they're not here, they're not from here, they're not truly authentically American. Come on, racists. My goodness, the Democrats. Okay, so then Elon posts this tweet. He said, what should Twitter do next? This is a great tweet, a great tweet. I responded to this tweet with a list, a laundry list of what I think Elon Musk should do to improve Twitter. And let me read you this list. I said, declare free speech, the Twitter rule. Stop censoring trans, COVID vax, and election integrity. End shadow banning. Make tweet reach algorithms organic. Stop fact checking. Restore accounts banned for quote unquote hateful speech like the Babylon Bee and expose government coercion to censor. I'm gonna let you guys draw the conclusion here. I'm not saying I had anything to do with it. I posted that reply, it became the top reply on Elon's tweet, and maybe five, six, seven, eight minutes later, Elon restores the Babylon's B Twitter account. Draw your own conclusions, draw your own conclusions. I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, You can make that decision, but it happened. Eight minutes later, it happened. He restored the Babylon Bee, and not only did he restore the Babylon Bee's account, he 
announced the new policy at Twitter. Is Twitter going to embrace freedom of speech or is Twitter going to embrace this other idea that Elon had floated about Twitter being the most accurate source of information. The two things aren't always compatible because in order to embrace free speech, you have to tolerate the fact that people say things that are either angry, bad, untrue, lies, all all the garbage speech. But generally, the best way to counter garbage speech is more speech. It's to rebut bad speech with good speech. And I think Elon Musk listened when he had posted that he had originally posted a week or two ago that he was thinking about trying to make Twitter the most accurate source of information. And a lot of us said, well, hold on a second. That's not really compatible with free speech. Elon announced what the new Twitter policy would be. This is what he said. He said, new Twitter policy is freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. Negative slash hate tweets will be max deboosted and demonetized. So no ads or other revenue to Twitter. You won't find the tweet unless you specifically seek it out, which is no different from the rest of the internet. Kathy Griffin, Jordan Peterson, and Babylon B have been reinstated. At the time, he said Trump decision has not yet been made. So this is an improvement over seeking to have the most accurate information on Twitter. The reason that that's not a good idea is if you seek to have the most accurate information somewhere, then you have to you have to appoint somebody who determines what accurate information is. That person or multiple people become the arbiter of what's true. The arbiter of what's true is easily spoiled by liberal bias. That's kind of what Twitter was already trying to do, right? Before Elon Musk. That's what Yul Roth was trying to do. He was trying to declare who was right and who was wrong based on his preconceived biases um, about conservatives who he thought were racist and evil. And therefore, his ideology was used in the enforcement of terms of service which were written to stifle and silence conservatives. That was the problem at Twitter before. This is an improvement. However, it's still very problematic. This this freedom of speech but not freedom of reach is actually soft censorship because squashing uh, tweets, so-called hate tweets, because we can't know what hate is if we don't have a definition for what hate is, but squashing so-called hate tweets is essentially like putting a plastic bag over someone's face while they are in the town square while claiming that since they are allowed in the town square, they still have the freedom of speech. They actually don't because they have a bag over their head or a plastic bag over their face. So my my question that I hope Elon Musk considers is what, what is hate? or who defines hate, because it's a very slippery slope if you're just going to use hate as a catch-all, as the radical left does, to define any viewpoint or any value that they don't agree with as being hateful. For example, the left thinks that it's hateful if I sit here and say, well, there are only two genders that correlate with biological sex, male and female. A boy can't be a girl, and a girl can't be a boy. The left says that I'm hateful by saying that. Now, you and I know that that's not hateful. That's just biological fact. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't treat people with gender dysphoria with immense compassion, but I would argue that immense compassion towards people with gender dysphoria is protecting them from puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and ultimately irreversible bodily mutilation surgeries. But the left says that that's hate. So who defines what hate is? Um, Before you de-boost it and even demonetize it, we we should have that conversation. Otherwise, it's not really going to be any different than it was before. Because the situation at Twitter before, they claimed essentially the same thing. They didn't use the the phrase freedom of speech, but they said anybody is welcome. All viewpoints, diverse viewpoints are welcome. 
unless we don't like those viewpoints and we consider them to be hateful. So following that conversation, he Elon Musk did make a decision about whether to reinstate Trump, but before he announced his decision, he conducted a poll. Should Donald Trump be restored to Twitter? And my goodness, the, I mean, this obviously has to be the, the most voted in poll in the history of Twitter. I imagine by a significant margin, 15 million people voted in this poll. 15 million people, 51.8% said yes, 48.2% said no. But I, I personally, the part that gets me more than the fact that, oh, Trump won the popular vote, look at that, haha. I just can't get past the 15 million. You can barely get 15 million people to participate in almost anything. There are some people after, so this was the final vote tally, by the way. So reinstate Donald Trump, yes, won. And there were a lot of people, some people even on the right, it wasn't just leftists here, which was odd to me. It wasn't just the never Trumpers. It was also sort of like the uh, the Trump hesitants or the Trump, the super Trump skeptics, the people that claim that they're like good Trump, bad Trump, but they're really kind of negative towards him. A lot of those people were scolding or criticizing Elon Musk for making this decision based on the poll. And again, I laughed when I heard that because truly anyone who thinks that Elon reinstated Trump because of that poll is probably incredibly naive and wildly underestimating how brilliant Elon is at marketing, at increasing Twitter engagement, and at catching bots. Yes, catching bots. I would bet you right here and right now, $1,000, that Elon had already made his decision about whether to reinstate Donald Trump. He had made the decision to reinstate Donald Trump before he ever posted that poll. He was just using that poll, well, for all of these things, to increase Twitter traffic, to market Twitter, and to catch bots. He actually posted about catching bots because they caught a lot of the bot activity after the first couple hours of the poll when these bots started attacking the poll. So then, of course, we have Elon Musk reinstating Trump. Trump claims he's not going to tweet. He said that even if Elon uh, restores his account, he made this comment beforehand, that he will stick to Truth Social. I got to tell you guys, I find that very hard to believe. Very hard to believe. I, I understand a little bit where Trump is coming from. He has this conflict of interest because he has a fiduciary duty to Truth Social. Truth Social relies on Trump and relies on the fact that Trump is banned on other websites, that this is an alternative to big tech and social media. But Trump also has a responsibility to use the largest political platform in the world to state the truth, to defend reality. And I think actually that this will be a good test of Trump to see, well, do you put your business interests first or do you put the country first? Because if you put your business interests first, then yeah, you're going to stay on true social. But if you put the country first, if Donald Trump tweets, the first tweet he sends out from his restored Twitter account will probably be the most viewed tweet in the history of Twitter. Every person in this country who has even a shred of political awareness will know what Trump tweets. I don't think you can pass up that opportunity. The eyes of the world are on you, President Trump, and on your Twitter account, hoping for a first tweet. This is how I would think about it if I were you. If there is one thing that you want literally every person who votes in our country, maybe even people who don't vote, every person in the world to hear, 
what would that thing be? That should be your first tweet. I don't think he's gonna be able to resist. And I don't think he should. I hope he comes back. And remember too, so th this is, this is, leads into the liberal freakout. Remember why Trump was permanently suspended? Twitter actually issued a blog post originally when they, when they banned him. And this is, this is what they said. After close review of recent tweets from the real Donald Trump account and the context around them, specifically how they are being received and interpreted off, on and off Twitter, that part is so bananas to me. So bananas. So Trump says something, and if someone interprets it off Twitter differently than Trump intends, well, Trump's still gonna be punished for it. Wow, bananas. Twitter says, we have permanently suspended the account due to the risk of future incitement of violence. So they don't even claim that he incited violence, just they claim they wanna prevent it, mitigate that risk. Unreal. They say, in the context of the horrific events this week, we made it clear on Wednesday that additional violations of the Twitter rules would potentially result in this very course of action. Our public interest framework exists to enable the public to hear from elected officials and world leaders directly. It is built on a principle that the people have a right to hold power to account in the open. They then say, we assess the two tweets referenced above under our glorification of violence policy, which aims to prevent the glorification of violence that could inspire others to replicate violent acts and determined that they were highly likely to encourage and inspire people to replicate the criminal acts that took place at the US Capitol on January 6th. I would love to see their entire standard for how they determined that tweets were likely to cause replication of acts of violence. They say the determination is based on a number of factors, including President Trump's statement that he will not be attending the inauguration, is being received by a number of his supporters as further confirmation that the election was not legitimate and is seen as him disavowing his previous claim made via two tweets. Okay, so let's just stop for a second. Tons of Democrats refused to attend, Democrats in Congress, I should say, refused to attend Trump's inauguration in 2016 because they denied the legitimacy of Trump's election in 2016. Yet they are all still on Twitter. Not a single one of them have, has been banned from Twitter. Not a single one. Twitter goes on to say, the use of the words American patriots to describe some of his supporters is also being interpreted as support for those committing violent acts at the US Capitol. That's right, remember, Twitter banned Trump for using the phrase American patriots. The mention of his supporters having a giant voice long into the future and that they will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form is being interpreted as further indication that President Trump does not plan to facilitate an orderly transition. As such, our determination is that the two tweets above are likely to inspire others to replicate the violent acts that took place on January 6th and that there are multiple indicators that they're being received and understood as encouragement to do so. It's totally insane. Twitter was totally insane. They didn't make any, any allegation that Trump incited violence or that he was responsible for what happened. They just invented this absolutely wackadoodle conspiracy that some people might interpret what Trump said, not in the way that Trump intended it, not the literal way that the words that he used, but maybe some misinterpretation and Trump was responsible. So preemptively, they're gonna ban Trump. Like what, what? So I went back and looked at Trump's timeline now that it's been restored, looked on January 6th to see these tweets that are being referenced, not, not just by Twitter then, but by the left over the course of the past almost two years now, including by Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger on the January 6th committee. And um, I wanna read those tweets to you, but first I wanna talk to you about Upside. 
this is a great new app I've been using because inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, whether at, it's at the gas pump, whether it's buying groceries, whether it's dining out. Um, this is why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas or groceries or dines out and hates how expensive everything has become. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. And it's not too good to be true, by the way. I know it sounds like it is, but I've used it. It actually really, truly works. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code Liz5, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you just claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, you check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and then you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. All you have to do to get started is download the free Upside app and use my promo code LIZ5 to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LIZ5. But first, you have to download the free Upside app. Okay, so here are Trump's two tweets from January 6th, and I quote, I'm asking for everyone at the US Capitol to remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. He then tweets, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. What about those two tweets could possibly be interpreted, even misinterpreted, as inciting further violence? The answer to that is they can't because they're not inciting violence. Trump called for peace. He said to stop the violence. He backed the police officers and condemned any attacks against them. The left has been lying and lying and lying. And this, by the way, is the video that Twitter allowed to stay out for, what, a handful of minutes before they pulled it down, in which Trump says the same thing. I know you hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election. And everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. So this is how messed up it was that Trump was kicked off of Twitter, that he called for peace. He told people to stop violence. He told people to go home. But because he said at the beginning that the election was stolen, that was, the, that was his opening statement, the left defined his words, that opinion, as violence, as actual violence. And so it didn't matter that he didn't do anything. It didn't matter that he didn't coordinate anything. He didn't matter that he actually called for it to stop. They want his words labeled as violence. That's why they pulled him off. That's why if you're mad that Elon Musk has reinstated Donald Trump, then you're probably a Marxist. Speaking of which, the left, their heads have exploded 
since Donald Trump is back on Twitter. And Donald Trump's not even like back on Twitter. His account has been reactivated, but he has not yet tweeted. CBS News said originally, this is just two days ago, that they paused their posting on Twitter over quote unquote uncertainty on the platform due to Elon Musk's, you know, being in charge of it out of an abundance of caution. So this is first of all hilarious because CBS doesn't want to post on Twitter yet. CBS is active on TikTok, which is a Chinese spy app that counts the keystrokes and looks at the phone and collects all the data of every user. So Twitter too dangerous, Chinese Communist Party data collection app, A-okay. Obviously, by the way, TikTok should be banned. But then, of course, CBS comes back to Twitter. They say, after pausing for much of the weekend to assess the security concerns, CBS News and Stations is resuming its activity on Twitter as we continue to monitor the situation. (laughs) They can't stay away. They just can't stay away. We have Benjamin Wittes, who did the exact same thing. He said, I do not intend to share a platform with Donald Trump again, at least not more than I have to. I will not exit Twitter entirely as I have lawfare content to promote and Twitter's useful for many things. That said, I don't plan to spend time here anymore for purposes other than reading news and promoting our work. For those who wish to follow my work thoughts and silliness, I'll be migrating more of that to blah, 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 other platforms. And then of course, first thing the next morning, he posts what, just a meme. Now, listen, this guy, Benjamin Wittes, I debated this guy on a Newsweek debate podcast over vaccine mandates a couple months ago. And let's just say, not the brightest star in the sky. Driven by fear, I think, is how I would analyze his thought process. But he's back already because they cannot stay away. It's like all the celebrities that threatened to leave the United States if Trump was elected, and then they didn't. Well, that's the same thing with all these leftists. Paul Ryan didn't comment directly on the Twitter aspect of it. This is former House Speaker Paul Ryan. But he did comment on on Trump himself in the wake of the reinstatement on Twitter. And this is what he said. He said, we get past Trump, we start winning elections. We stick with Trump, we keep losing elections. That's how I see it. The way that I see Paul Ryan's statement here is more of the same from Republicans. If you don't acknowledge the reality of the political enemy we face, you will not fight well. Paul Ryan is a prime example of this. He's probably a nice guy, I don't know. But he's politically naive to the point where he needs a scapegoat, he's turned Trump into a scapegoat to explain what's happening because he's willfully blind to the real reasons, the reality of why the GOP continues to lose, even when public opinion is on our side. This is one of the the most important parts of Twitter, is it allows us, the people, not just to be defined by the narratives of the political elite, people like Paul Ryan, but to speak amongst ourselves as a movement because we are, after all, citizens, we're not subjects. Then we have Sam Harris, who said, if you do bring him back, this was what he tweeted to Elon right before Elon reinstated Trump. He said, if you do bring him back, and you shouldn't, please have a terms of service that covers the deliberate spreading of dangerous lies and then apply it. He will be off again within a week. And I read this and I thought, well, this is is back to the fundamental question of freedom of speech, right? What, who defines what a deliberate lie is? What, what is a deliberate lie and who, who tells you if it's a deliberate lie? And maybe more importantly than that, I mean, that of course creates the, con- the, the situation of an arbiter of truth that's just going to be leftists that are imposing their ideology on us and telling us that what we're saying, our opinions are wrong. But more importantly is, do you believe that censoring something that you have defined as a dangerous lie actually stops people from hearing it? 
And do you think that these, these arbiters should be allowed, or these gatekeepers really, should be allowed to hear these quote unquote dangerous lies, but people shouldn't be allowed to? Because that's the scenario that your request would create, not just in, on Twitter, but on our, in our country. And that's a very dangerous precedent. I mean, when you talk about these deliberate, the deliberate spreading of dangerous lies, I mean, deliberate, how do you prove such malice? Is that just your opinion about somebody else? Because that's not a provable, a provable standard here. And if it is, then we should probably talk about the Russia collusion accusations. That was false and malicious We could and a lie. We should talk about the Ukraine impeachment, false, malicious, dangerous, a lie. The Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation lie. The Kavanaugh is a gang rapist lie. But of course, the left that wants to be the arbiters of truth to define hate and use hate as a catch-all for every opinion that conservatives hold that the left doesn't like, doesn't actually want to apply their standard, their algorithm, or their terms of service to actual lies, actual hate, actual dangerous disinformation. They only want it to be one-sided. A woman by the name of Shannon Coulter tweeted, just emailed the head of safety at Apple and Google respectively to ask if their app stores will continue to carry the Twitter app now that Elon Musk has reinstated Donald Trump. Remember, this is exactly what happened with Parler. And I predicted this a long time ago when, when Elon said he was considering buying Twitter, I said, do you have a plan for what you're going to do if they try to Parler you, which is taking the app out of the Apple store off Google Play unless you enforce terms of service that Apple and Google, who are very leftist organizations, set as the standard of your business. I hope Elon Musk has thought about this, but it, it's, it's a reminder that the left will stop at nothing to stop Elon Musk from doing what he's doing, which shows us the importance of what Elon Musk is doing. Because the left wouldn't care about this if it was just a little vanity project. The left would not care about this if it was annoying but not really a threat. The reason the left is going to the extent that they are to try to stop Elon Musk from restoring free speech is because you and I sharing reality with each other is so great a threat to their corruption that they have to stifle free speech or else they know that it will be the end of their political conspiracy. This is why when I was thinking about the reality of this fight, I always say this phrase, we have to acknowledge the reality of the political enemy we face or else we won't fight well. I sat here and I thought, well, we're fighting the Revolutionary War and the Civil War all at once, all over again. Not physically, of course, but ideologically. Because what were those wars, what was the ideological underpinning of those wars? The Revolutionary War was about natural rights, whether mankind is endowed with the right to life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness, whether government has any right to, or has the authority to violate those rights or whether those rights exist before governments exist and therefore governments are contrived as just protectors of those natural rights. And the Civil War was in a sense fighting over the same thing, fighting over whether all people had natural rights or whether just certain people had natural rights and government could determine which people had rights and which people didn't. And the, this is the same fight Again, not physically, but ideologically, this is where we are again in our nation. We're not fighting over what I would call debatable topics. We're not fighting over what the tax rate should be 
on people that make different amounts of money every year. We're not fighting over what our foreign policy philosophy should be or what our immigration policy should be once we've secured the border. All things that, yes, are tangentially related to morality, but they're not basic objective truths, right? Like the the difference between a 20% tax rate and a 30% tax rate isn't, isn't black and white objective right and wrong. There can be nuance to that. There can be debate that happens. But whether you and I have an inherent unalienable right to free speech, whether government officials or political operatives have a right to silence us, cancel us, or ostracize us because they disagree with our viewpoints, maybe our religious beliefs, maybe our political beliefs, deprive us certain rights because we choose not to take a certain vaccine. These are what I would call essential truths. And one of the reason the left, one of the reasons the left is so threatened by the idea of freedom of speech on Twitter is because when Twitter was a censorship apparatus, it allowed the left to change the terms of political debate in our country back to these essential truths versus the situation that for a long time we enjoyed in our country where essential truths were universally acknowledged and we debated the political nuances of different policies. But if Twitter is a place of free speech, then the left's assault on objective truth, their assault on reality, they're going to be defeated like this. If we are allowed to speak the truth, if we are allowed to expose corruption, if we are allowed to discuss things that we want to discuss. That's why the left is so threatened like this. That's also why the left is going to come for Elon Musk. Joe Biden admitted this. He, he even said that there are many, many ways that Elon Musk could face trouble over the acquisition of Twitter. Take a listen. That wasn't my second one. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I, ha I actually have, a, I have an unrelated question, too. Um, Mr. President, do you think Elon Musk is a threat to U.S. national security? And should the U.S. and with the tools you have investigate his joint acquisition of Twitter with foreign governments, which include the Saudis? <laughs> I think that Elon Musk's cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Whether or not he is doing anything inappropriate, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it's worth being looked at. Uh, and, uh, um, and, uh, but that's all I'll say. There's a lot of ways. Uh, all right. Um, Kristen. Kristen Walker. Thank you so much, Mr. President. I appreciate There are a lot of ways, Joe Biden says. I think Elon Musk can expect that. I mean, he can expect facing the big tech gatekeeper, whether that's Google or Apple or both, trying to boot Twitter off those app stores, whether it's investigations from liberals in Congress, whether it's the Biden administration weaponizing the Department of Justice to target him, whatever it may be, the left is going to come for Elon Musk. It's not a question of if, 
It's a question of when and how. And it's also a question of whether Musk will survive this, whether he has that fire in his belly for the fight. I suspect he does because you don't undertake an endeavor like this without understanding the reality of the political enemy that we are facing. Elon Musk is doing an incredible thing right now. It's kind of fashionable on Twitter right now for conservatives to be very critical of everything that Elon Musk is doing. And I say this laughingly because I'm, one, I'm partaking in it, but two, it's because we are rooting so hard for Elon to get this right and to be successful. Because if Elon Musk restores free speech to Twitter, allows citizen journalism to thrive, he will have done more to dismantle this evil trifecta of corrupt politicians, the mainstream media, and big tech than any other person in our modern political history. Elon Musk, right now, is in a history-making position. And if he stands for free speech, and he weathers the attacks from the woke left, and he refuses to bend a knee to the rage mob on the left, he will have played a pivotal role in saving our country for the next generation. Conservatives are critical on Twitter, myself included, because I love what Elon Musk is doing. I think he's doing a great job. He's being open-minded. Is he getting everything right? No. Is he course correcting sometimes? Yes. It's an incredible, courageous thing that he is doing right now on Twitter. And I'm here for it. I support him 100%, and I think he is the right man for the right job at the right time. All right, now we have our bananas video of the day, which actually is kind of tangentially related to what we're talking about, which you will see when you watch it. Are you on the US and the Chinese side? Because now, progressively, a lot of people would like to see there, there are two orders in this world. This is a huge mistake, even for both the US and China. We need a single global order. Oh, a single global order. That sounds awful lot like the new world order. I have one comment to make here. Believe the left when they speak. Believe what they tell you that they want for you and for our country and for the world. They want this one world, new world order. And that means all of our rights all of our freedoms, all of our liberties would be doled out by these elitists at the top. No thank you. All right, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.